Jesus. I noticed y'all came back out for some more, so it's not my fault. All right, I want to, uh, is most of your people here? More or less? Okay. Then we'll talk like that. All right, go with me to Mark. We're going to go into the gospel. Lots of times I get talked to by people because they think I'm overboard on the power thing. Because I'm too aggressive and, you know, they wonder where the compassion and the peace is and all that. All I can tell you is I'm not called to you. I'm called to tell you about Jesus. And I I do love you as a person and I want you to make heaven. But my calling is in a different location on the planet. My people that I consider to be my people are different than you. All right? And so I have a, when I'm, when I go home, I turn into a regimented colonel. You can't believe it. You, (laughs) you think this is tough. No, this is very mild. When I get home, but the, but the love I have for for the people that I'm, that, that God has given me, you can't match it. I mean, it's. The only thing they got left to do is just draw the blood out of my veins. It's theirs. They own me. They possess me. And I give myself to them. Jesus. And there we have plenty of compassion and peace. But mega power also. Really what I found out, it's, it's you're looking for an excuse to not have to seek God. Everything has to do with that. Did you know that? It either has to do with it or to... with responsibility or irresponsible. So, now, right here, I'm going to try to show you where Jesus was... Jesus was, at times, a lot more tactful than I am, but at other times, He was a lot more blunt than I am. And this is one of the blunt times. I prefer those. Mark chapter 6. Verse 35. You know, one of my pastor's wives was, uh, we don't have uh, the same facilities y'all do uh, as far as refrigeration and uh, microwaves and all that. So, so in the morning time, uh, uh, when the Indian gets up, they almost all get up at around 4 o'clock, all of them. And they're heading out toward the fields right around 15 minutes to 5 every morning. And uh, all of them are. Every time I stay out there, it's that way. You, you just you go to bed at midnight, 1 o'clock, and you get up at 4 o'clock every day. And so one of my pastors, he's a... He's an older fellow. He's in his mid-70s. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's also an elder and director of our work. When he goes to his field, God won't let him alone. He goes out there with his... Uh, do you all know what a wingado is? A uh, wingado is a... Uh, it's like a machete with a, with a crook with a tip on it. With a, with a handle down like this. and you, it, Because it's... 
It's not as quite as, it's not all the way around like a sickle. But it's more on that basis, I guess. But it's, it's wide and it comes to a point. And the mountains are so steep where their fields are because nobody won't give them any flat land to do any crops. You, you could actually stand like this on, your, on the side of the mountain and work it like this, see? So you use that short handle thing. So he's there and the Holy Ghost comes on him. It, this tube of light comes down out of the sky, see? And covers him up. And him and God sit and talk. And, and when he comes out of that tube, sometimes it's the next day. So we have these people that are very spiritual. God's talking to them, right? Oh, but he can't read or write. He can just sit and talk to Jesus and raise the dead. That's all he can do. <laughs> Holy Ghost. I got to mess with you because you got so much... You, you believe so much in mental prowess and knowledge. And I believe so much in God's power. And in the long run of life, it's been proven. History, historically, it's been proven that your knowledge will give out before mine will. Yep. But anyway, this guy, his wife, she about four foot and six inches tall. Littlest old woman. She's walking up the trail in this jungle on the side of a mountain. And this horse, who was, he was not a broken horse, he was, a, well, I guess he was green broke. He wasn't, he couldn't ride him still very good. He just, he got something that spooked him. And he jumped off the mountainside onto the trail with her. And it frightened her, and he bumped her on the way by and knocked her off the cliff. Well, when she hit the rock at the bottom, there was this big rock down there waiting on her. She hit it with her chest, broke every bone in her upper body. I mean, cheekbones, collarbones, arms, ribs, everything broke. Well, she never came, she never came, and this man who's been in this tube of light with God... Did y'all hear what I just said to you? The guy's in the tube of light with God and his wife gets knocked off by a horse off the cliff. Something's wrong with this. He, he starts thinking, well, you know, he don't have a watch, but he's, he, he, they can tell you to the minute by watching the sun. I, I try to trick them all the time, never can. At night, they just look up at the stars and they'll tell me exactly what time it is. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I like that. We spend hundreds of dollars on watches and try to be pretty, and they don't need a watch. And so he goes down the trail looking for his wife, headed back down, and he, God helped him find her. He went and got some people, and they brought her back to the house, and now she broke all the pieces. Well, they love each other, these people. They've been together forever. I mean, forever, for over 50 years. And... We all love her. She's, she's a blessing. And uh, my schedule didn't have me going out that way for a couple of weeks. But I was praying, and the Holy Ghost reminded me of a problem that we hadn't dealt with and that I needed to go right now and do it. So I went on the other and told my wife, I said, well, 
I got to go. The Holy Ghost wants me to go out here and meet with. It was another another guy around the work. It, uh, let's see. I don't know how to explain it to you. But right here is the guy. His wife got knocked off the mountain, and right over here in the jungle is is another section of our work. It's about five hours through there. And so I went on this side. Is had to, I, I drove up, and nobody was expecting me. And I come driving up, and I got in there, and he the it was amazing he was home, Brother Claudio. And I went in there, and, and he was really nervous. He was watching me because I, I can't go anywhere unannounced anymore. It's uh, very difficult because of uh, the power. And in Indian culture, I can't just show up at your house and drink a cup of coffee with you or have a glass of iced tea. And just say, how you doing? Can't do that. It's not allowed. Because of uh, the way they believe. And so, when I got there, it caused a lot of tension. And so they brought me in. They put me in a church. And they're not, they're not glad to see me under these circumstances. And I told them, yeah, I am here. I'm here to clean up a problem. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, all right. Things started calming down. Well, as we was, we brought in these people that were the problems, and we were starting to work on it. And as we did, this other elder comes running around the corner because he had he he had ran. He put his wife in his house and and had some people watching her, and immediately took off to get some help. Now. I've trained our guys that if we have to stand alone, it's enough. But if we can, let's go get some more people to back us up in every situation. So he took off through the woods and had run, run, run. At the same time, I was coming here. He didn't know I was coming, and I didn't know the problem had happened. The Holy Ghost just spoke to me to go take care of this other problem. And when, when, when he come running around the corner... And I'm sitting in the church. He got knocked out by the Holy Ghost. He was just completely over, overwhelmed that God's power would allow the meeting, the junction, right? Jesus. And then I immediately knew, when I saw that happen, I immediately knew that I wasn't there to clean up that problem. That when he wakes up, I'm here for that problem. <laughs> See, people need us. And they need us to have the power of God. Do you understand that? They need us to sound the alarm. They need us to stand and rally the troops and go and destroy the works of the devil. They need us to stand up and hate the enemy of our God. Okay? And when he came to, we... He was weeping and crying. We couldn't hardly get the story out of him. But as soon as we heard, Brother Claudio immediately went and got his bag, come right in there, had his little cap on. We took off. We walked through the woods. And when we got over there, she was almost dead. Blood was oozing out of her ears, or in her mouth, nose, I mean, parts, different other parts. I mean, she was leaking all over I went in there. She wasn't out yet. She, you know, there's no pain relievers. There's no... Your life is different than ours. 
Don't throw a couple of leaves down. You don't have any. But you do have Brother David. <laughs> that little old grandma, man, I took her by the hand. She's so frail. She was frail anyway. I mean, she was frail. Little, little thing. And I look in her eyes. She gave me this real faint grin. And here's her exact words. Tascamate caniwale. No ikuni davi. Thank you. I knew you'd come. <laughs> My brother David. I just started weeping. Because you see, God didn't tell me to come to her. God brought me around a different way to come to her. And we laid our hands on her and we prayed for her and we rebuked the devil. And I mean, I felt broke bones. Y'all, it was bad. I felt so sorry for her. Because she had fed me and took care of me and blessed me so much. Because we had been friends for nearly 25 years. <laughs> and I just reached over and held her. I said, today's a good day, Holy Ghost, for some mercy. In Jesus' name. And I let her go. And then I was over that way about, I don't know, it was about four days later. Now, I knew things were ex uh, exceptionally excited, but in our work now, when excitement is just that way. I mean, it's just, there ain't one service that's blah or normal anymore. Every one of them are just ecstatic, just crazy. I mean, I call it the fray. It's just a battle. It's just, I mean, just God's blasting everybody. Nobody's laying hands on anybody. And everybody's getting knocked out. It's just amazing. And I'm sitting in there. I'm just about to get up to preach. And in walked this group of people. And I was wondering, I wonder why they're doing here late. But I didn't say that. I just get, got my Bible and was getting ready. And, and it, they came right up to me. And I didn't particularly pay much attention to them because that happens a lot. And then that little old woman come out of the middle of them. And when I saw her, I knew there wasn't going to be no preaching. I wasn't going to be able to preach. And when the rest of the people found out she was there and healed, they ain't no, ain't no, why, why should I preach? What can I say more than what God has already demonstrated. I mean, I don't have any words for that. But what God had done, uh, the, it was actually 24 hours after we prayed for her, those bones started popping that were broken. God was welding them back together. All over her whole body, she was healed. And all the internal bleeding and all the organs were repaired and she's fine. Isn't that something? Man. What a God. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Mark 6, 35. I've got to stay with this clock here. Y'all help me with the time now. 
Mark 6.35 says, <clears throat> I'm reading out the Amplified, And when the day was already gone, now this is Jesus with a large multitude of people. And there, like, like I say, in Jesus' time there wasn't any Burger Kings either, or White's Cafeterias, or Sizzler, or Golden Corral, or... There wasn't none of that stuff you could walk in real quick, pay them five bucks and get in there and eat all you want and get, get out real quick. There wasn't any of that stuff. That might be seven bucks since we're in California. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, well, I'm just messing with you a little bit. Y'all pay more for everything I've seen out here. Y'all need to stop that. <laughs> we don't want it to start coming that way. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I bought me a diesel van because it gets better mileage and, it, and it's cheaper. But y'all's diesel is expensive out here. I'm used to paying 99 cents a gallon. I have to pay $1.63. That's quite a difference. So anyway. Jesus. The day was gone. His disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate and isolated place. Did you hear that? Jesus was there. I want you to understand that you get put in desolate and isolated places quite often in life. But you've got to know that Jesus is there. Well, unless you're one of those crybabies that want to just cry and moan and you know, and murmur about everything, that, that's, then we, we just know that's what's going, what you're going to do. But it, this is a desolate and isolated place, and the hour is late. Watch what Jesus said. No, the disciples are saying that to him. Throw this place, get rid of these people. Because you don't know why? Because they only had, they only had a uh, certain amount of lunch. Supper, and it didn't include 5,000 people. And I know that that's how you are. I'm not going to say you're selfish, but you are. You just can't see that Jesus can take care of that problem. I mean, after all, it's desolate and isolated. After all, the hour is late. If I did have enough rice and beans, I couldn't get it all cooked. It's just too late. So Jesus sent them all away. And we'll just go over here under this little shade tree after they're all gone. And we'll eat our little fish and, and bread. But watch what Jesus said. Jesus replied to them, you give them something to eat. Church, I don't mind coming here and fussing at you and exciting you and blessing you and, 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 and mixing with the anointing that's here and, and, and leaving a, a more anointing, abiding anointing and helping. And I don't mind that one bit. But you've got to understand, my job is about 2,000 miles from here. You're going to have to give these people around here something to eat. You're going to have to not look at the desolation and the isolation. You know, you're going to have to look at, 
Man, people's been around here for years preaching the gospel. They ain't got nothing accomplished. The hour's gone. It's late. And you, you know, if you look at those circumstances, you'll never get anything done. But if you listen to Jesus, you will accomplish great miracles. You feed them. But, but, but I don't have enough money. That was the next thing they said. But we don't have enough food. That was the thing after that. And all of that is true. You, don't ever, you never will have enough money. People that do have enough don't hang around people like me that don't. Because I'm inferior because I don't have enough. But what I got enough of, which is I've gone to Jesus and got enough. I got the Holy Ghost. That's enough. See, here's the difference. Material things will give up and let you down in a minute. Spiritual things never get old. I've chose the spiritual walk because... Material things follow a spiritual person. They overtake. I cannot outrun. I am a blessed person. And it's not because I set out to be blessed. It's because I set out to be like Jesus. Now, things are overtaking us. It's phenomenal what's happening. And I can't stop them. Well, do you want to? No. <laughs> I've lived without things for a million years. And now Jesus is my goal, is my, is my blanco, my target. And it's amazing. The more I go to Him, the more He gives to do what we need to do. It's amazing. Okay? I just want you all to know it's amazing. If you let your mind, like we just built a building. God gave me this ranch. I I, I don't talk about this kind of stuff much because there's been so much misuse of money and all of that. I I just absolutely refuse to talk about it. I don't mind it because I don't mind robbing you to go and help do something else over here. I don't mind it. I really don't. Seriously, it, it doesn't embarrass me to talk about it. I just don't want you to think I'm another one of them kind of guys that that's all I'm looking for. So I'll just stay away from it. But God gave me this ranch. It was two, it's 278 acres, just, just under 300 acres. River access. It's... Está bonito. And... But it was just, it was, it was just you know, didn't have any buildings. But, so we've got to put this conference center on there. So instead of sending out letters to get this ranch, I decided to pray and fast. And just out of the blue, God started sending me a bunch of money. And when the day come, I was able to walk in, lay down two checks, two cashier's checks, paid cash for that ranch. It's a blessing. And so the next thing that happened was, we'd come time, we worked on that thing, put up new fences, man, we got out there. 
you know, a little bit of sweat of the bride don't hurt a thing. And so I'm out, we're out there working. Then we decided right here we got to put a big building so we can worship God. So we built this. We started out building this 3,000 square meter uh, building. That's big. And so we don't have any money. So how are you going to build a building if you ain't got any money? This might go along with what y'all doing. Hey, think of that. And um, <laughs> I went to these engineers. You know, you're supposed to go to these people that know how to do stuff. And they told me, yep, we can do it. We'll get you blueprints. We'll do and So they started working on it. And they come out there with this, this uh, what's a precio puesto? Who can tell me what a precio puesto is? What? Estimate. That's right. Estimate. That's what that is. Precio puesto is an estimate. Yep. They come out there with this precio puesto. And we had this big meeting, these engineers and these, these architects and all these people are there. And golly, they put it in this book and it's, it's just beautiful. And I'm looking at it. But I'm not interested in but one thing. Bottom line, baby. Because the Holy Ghost told me how much I can build that building for. And these architects are telling me that it's going to cost considerably more. So, I look at there, because God told me I could build this. Now listen to this. 3,000 meter building. I can build that thing for forty or 45,000 U.S. dollars. Well, see, immediately, you that know what, anything about construction, you know that is not possible. And thinking like you think, that's true. But thinking like I think, it's entirely possible because God gave me the ranch. He gave me the power to raise the dead. He can give me the power to be shrewd in business and come up with a building that can withstand all these tremors and earthquakes and all this and and hurricanes and still get it in there under 50,000. When I looked at the price of that, that guy wanted three hundred something thousand dollars. I said, uh, to y'all that's still cheap, but to me it was very expensive. Because that's how much the ranch cost. <laughs> oh my God. Well put one building on it costs the same? No. <laughs> when I saw the bottom price. I didn't say a word, didn't offend anybody. I just closed the book. Well, when I closed the book, every one of my men just took a step back. (laughs) Well, when they did that, there was a little tenseness came into place. So I just turned around, walked over, visited at our corral. And I was just holding on to that beam and looking out over them mountains and them valleys and, and letting them talk. As far as I was concerned, I didn't need that hogwash even on our property. I'd get it out of here. That's from the devil. That ain't from God. And I don't care what his name is or who he is. I ain't listening to it. God done give me a price. We're going to stick to it. Well, eventually they got nervous and left. 
And my men go, now what are we going to do now? I said, we're going to build it. And we're going to do it under 50,000. God told me we could. Well, you've got to come up, because there's some guys, we all know construction, but some of them are really good at it. Well, you've got to come up with some plans, because that stuff he's got pretty close. Okay. Leave me alone. Y'all, I went home. Holy Ghost woke me up in the night season. I went downstairs and started writing things down. Next thing I know, we got a building built with steel, industrial tin. I mean, the whole—it's beautiful. You when you see it one of these days, hopefully. Floating slab. I mean, the whole thing. Cistern kitchen. It's uh, kitchen is two thousand square feet. I mean, it's just a phenomenal thing for doing conferences. And <laughs> cost me $46,000. Oh, yeah. You feed them. You feed them, Pastor. You feed them. God's got the scheme. God's got the plan. But you're too worried. You, you, you can... I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will help you. Look what this says right here. Verse 37 says, He replied to them, Go and give them something to eat yourselves. They said to him, What? If we go buy 200 uh, denarios worth of bread, we can give it to them to eat? He said, well, go and see what you got. Let's go see what you got. What do you have? You got to understand, Jesus is trying to help us here to understand what faith can do. You see what you don't have. God says, what do you have we can work with? So I grew up in a house like that. My, I'm four, like I said, I'm fourth generation preacher. My mama would be riding down the road to buy groceries or something. And the cars start pulling one way, she'd get out and say, Wow, tire's half full. <laughs> it ain't never half empty, oh my God. It's half full. I think we can make it. You get there and there's one cup of water. Look, there's a half a cup for both of you boys. See? So that's how I grew up, like this. What do you have, you can use. You've got to change your mind. Don't always key on what you don't have. What do you have? Man, you got Jesus. <laughs> don't you get it? Man, you got Jesus. And you know who He is? He happens to be the King of the universe. Hello! He's the boss. I live with the boss. And he loves me. Isn't that something? He's always thinking the best for me. I may not see it that way. But his end results is always positive for me. Always. 
Same for you. Same for you. My wife and I are driving down the road. This is a very simple thing, but it can get out of hand. Have you noticed how the smallest things grow to be very large? If they're not dealt with when they're small. They can get big quick. And you don't want it. You don't need it. Jesus. Go see what you got. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. Don't just say, we ain't got enough. Bring it over here. Let's see what you got. Can't ever tell. It might be just enough. <laughs> Me and my wife are riding down the road in the very beginning days. I don't have... Listen, we done sold all of our Coke bottles. We, I mean, this is way back here when you could still do all that kind of thing. You, I mean, my God. We didn't have... Now look, I'm going to preach up in Arkansas. This is down in Louisiana. And I got this old car. It was a gift. And don't be mad at me too much. A little bit's okay. Keep your old car, okay? Give me your new one. Besides, I'm not even going to take it. I used to take them things feeling obligated, people wanting to bless you. Well, when you, you get in and you see the ground through the floorboard, that's not a blessing. You're moving your junk out of your yard and want it in mine. I don't want it. I don't want that stuff. You sell it, keep the money. You ain't going to get nothing for it. Well, you ingra- I'm not ungrateful. Why, why does my wife have to wear flip-flops from the market and your wife can wear shoes from Dillard's? Huh? Keep your white shoes. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw something else in here. Since we're on the subject. I went to my Indians, the poorest, some of the poorest people on the planet. I, they're in the bottom. Well, they're with, with the other people that's in the bottom. Do you know I was up in Minnesota and there's, this, there's these people up there that go to corporations and get grants. And things donated, and they, and they got this huge, these huge warehouses full of brand new equipment to go around the world and help and aid. And I just admire it. That's a wonderful thing. Well, they come to me, and they say, look, man, we know you work with Indians, and we, know, we have studied them. We know who they are. And on and on. I said, that's great. What do you want with me? Well, we want to send down a tractor-trailer load full of 44 pallets of brand new clothes and shoes and things to you. Every six months to give to those people. I said, that's God. That right there is God. Different stores, Kmart, Walmart, Target. You know, I mean, just they just brand new, out of style, but brand new. And Indians don't know about style. <laughs> Boy, I was so excited. I called my elders in. I was just, I was about to blow up. I said, fellas, hey. God's blessed us. Oh, this is good, Brother David. What do you got? Well, 
There's these people I've met that's met me, and they're going to ship down to our office in South Texas, and from there we're going to bring it in and pay taxes on it and all that and get it in here. Brand new clothes of every size for your kids' shoes and coats and just everything you're going to need for the... We can eventually get... We can do every part of the work. Well, I saw... None of them got excited. None of them. Hello! What's about you? No, one of the... My, my one main guy is very... Very aggressive. I don't know where he got that from. I, <laughs> he stood up. He said, Brother David, he said, look. We want you to write a letter and tell those people how much we thank you. Thank you for that. We don't want it. What? Do you understand around the world people are begging for this kind of stuff and here we have this give to us for free? Yeah, we understand that. Okay, do you mind telling me why we're not going to take it? We don't mind telling you at all. You didn't come here with any presence for us. You came here with power for us. And we're not going to let you change. Oh. You know, that's a good idea. Praise God, you guys are smart. <laughs> but, I mean, don't you... I, th I thought that was quite amazing to me, that they would rather have the power of God to heal their people and unify their people than me come down with another thing from America just to give out. I thought that was an am amazing insight from some people that are so ignorant. That was, that's amazing to me. So, uh, we've stayed with the power, and it's built and built and grown now, you see. It's pretty amazing. Now, back to the other one. See, Jesus is sitting here asking them people to give, to feed the multitudes when they're looking at a, just a handful of food in the massive sea of people that's an impossibility. I mean, that's... Actually, that's a ridiculous thing to even bring up. If you're looking at it through the way we think, that's true. Y'all call it the natural up here. It's just the way you are. You think that way. You're a natural person. It's, uh, you think in the flesh. I'm sorry. Jesus... Well, see, I got in this old car, me and my wife did. You could see the road through the floor, couldn't you? And we was driving along, blowing smoke, looked bad. <laughs> but at least we was going. I, we're, we were thankful. We were not mad. Radio didn't work. Nothing worked. Motor barely was working. And we run out of gas. Well, now, I'm still in North Louisiana. I know everybody. I can call hundred, several hundred people and they'd bring me 20 bucks for gas. Did you know that? The difference in me and you is they didn't send me to preach the gospel. Jesus did. So I reckon if he needs to, he can rain it out of the sky. So I looked at Miss Hogan. She says, well, let's just worship God. I said, that's a great idea. It really was that way, wasn't it? 
I'm an outside-the-car worship guy fellow, walk around. She's an inside-the-car, sit-down-and-be-quiet type of lady. Just worship God. So I get out, and I'm walking around, and I'm trying to figure out, now, how in the world? I'm with somebody. I ain't got any money. My billfold slap empty. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I know these people across the road. I know them. They'll give me credit. I know them. I just walk over. I need some gas. I'll pay you in a couple of days. Okay. See, I know that. All right? But I'm trying to have faith to get out of what I know and into what Jesus knows. I'm, I'm, I'm really... See, I was in transition. That's where most of y'all are right now. In transition. Did you know that most Christians stay in transition their whole life? Just sit there running around getting new teachings. This is going to take me out. No, no, no. There's something new coming. No, 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 no. And then he's just sitting there. And I'll tell you, I hate that cycle. I ain't coming back. You want to stay in that whirlpool? Stay in it. I'm out. I'm in the main flow of the channel and I'm staying in it. I ain't going close to over the bank. I ain't getting sucked in another one. I, in Jesus' name, freedom, Holy Ghost. Oh. Man, I'm walking around and I'm worshiping God. God, help. I don't know. God, look, I understand. I mean, it's just bombarding my mind. My daddy, my uncles, my family, the people across the street. I mean, everybody. Man, I'm home. I can get something done if I want to. Well, you must have had pride. Maybe. Could have been considered pride. And I'm sitting there doing this. I'm worshiping God. I'm standing right in front of the thing looking at Miss Hogan just grinning because I've got to go. I've got to be at that place preaching. I'm just standing flat-footed, just looking at her. And I grabbed my hips like this. Whoa! And when I looked on the ground, really, honestly, well, guess who was looking back at me? Andrew Jackson. Twenty dollars. He was dirty, but I didn't care. I mean, crumpled up on the ground, right between my feet, was Andrew Jackson. I looked at Miss Hogan and went, Shashing, look at this. Man, I walked across the street, went in that red barn, they called it. Let me, let me borrow your gas can. Took the gas can. Went out there, pumped me some gas, put it in the car, come across, filled it, slam full. I mean, the thing is slap dab full. That was back yonder when you had, when Andrew was still powerful. <laughs> now we've done got up to Ben. We blew way past Grant a long time ago. <laughs> you ain't got a bunch of old Frank, old Ben Franklin. You ain't going nowhere. So, am I telling the truth here? Okay. All right, all right. I had, listen, I filled that gas tank up, and I still had a dollar. Maybe a dollar and a half. I went in yonder. I bought me and her each. 
ice cold 16 ounce ROC. <laughs> oh, yes. And two bolo bars. Oh. Our faith was so good, it got us an RC and a bolo bar. <laughs> Plus the gasoline. Ha ha ha. Hey. Jesus was asking me, what do you have? Nothing. That'll work. <laughs> Nothing will work. Did, did you get that? I had nothing. I didn't even have a couple of loaves. But it worked. I was crazy. I mean, could you imagine me, man? I got a full tank of gas. Can't tell it because it shows empty all the time. But it's full. We drinking that ROC, boy. We grinning at each other. Oh, this is good life. I mean, this thing with God is good. You know, the car was the same. You can still see out the floor. But having that RC in my hands, and that gas in that tank, do you know that made life different? <laughs> That's really true. My, my. See, you always worried about what you ain't got. But see, I didn't have anything, so why worry about it? If you don't have nothing, it's, e it's easier on you, actually. And having part of it. I found that to be true. Jesus. Is it hard if I'm honest with you, too? Is that... Jesus. Okay, watch what he did. Verse 38. So he said to people, go see how much you got. And when he looked, they come back, they had five loaves and two fish. He commanded the people to recline on the grass by companies. So they threw themselves down in ranks by fifties and hundreds. In regularity of arrangement of the beds of herbs looking like so many... Garden plots. Look what he did in verse 41. Holy Ghost. I'm going to get you. So I've been working you up. To somewhere. Because we had a miracle happen. Do you see where I'm talking out of here? Loaves and fishes. And multiplications. Well it's time for you to be let in on a secret. There's always enough. Jesus. Your mind tells you it ain't going to happen. Your mind is wrong. Your multiplication, division, and addition, it all tells you this ain't going to happen. You're wrong. Jesus. Because if you look at and be blessed at what you do have and call it blessed by the Holy Ghost, it'll never run out. 
You need to let some of the stress fall off of you. You need to relax. Take a big chunk of peace. Eat it. Y'all think I'm stressed out. Uh, let's walk a while. We'll see who the stressed one is. <laughs> I'm blessed. I am at peace because I know that the great Creator is with us. Y'all, we had this conference. I got to tell you this. I got to get you. I just have to. It turns out like what's happening right now in our work right now. The rains are there. You'll have about two weeks of rain. And then you'll have about a week of sunshine. And then two weeks more of heavy torrential monsoon rains. And then sunshine. Well, that causes crops to go crazy. Did you know you can stand out in the cornfield and hear the corn grow? You can hear corn grow when the humidity's just right, the sun's just right, and the, and the water is just right. It squeaks as it grows so fast. It really, really does. And so we're sitting there. And God had blessed us with rain and blessing. and We figured we was having this conference after, after the cosecha, after the harvest. And so we, we figured there would be 2,000 people come. We figured that. We sat down. We had all these meetings. We got, man, we, we had faith. You know, God didn't tell us. Did you know that? God don't tell you stuff. If God talks as much as you think He does, He'd be a ratchet job. But He's not. Do you know all those words you come up with, you, more than likely it's an emotion you're talking out of? I'd have to say you're just full of it. God don't talk like that all the time. He ain't never talked like that all the time. I can prove it. I think emotionally you know the problems and you want, this is what you want to happen so you put God's name on it. And when it don't happen, well, put it on the back burner, praise the Lord. Show me that in the Bible. Where's a back burner? That's where false prophets go. You better take this thing serious. You're going to need faith in the upcoming years. You think these earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and storms and, and fires, you think all that stuff, it's going to multiply and multiply. I'm telling you, we're in the end times. And you want things to go on like they always have been. They're going to change. That's why you need to know about faith. That's why you need to know about what you've got is enough. You may not have but five loaves and two fish, but that's enough. We had this conference and things had gone well for us. The crops were in, the people were healthy and fat and fine and nice. and So instead of 2,000 people coming, we had 5,000 come. Well, how many of you know that 5,000 people eat a lot more than 2,000? 
Y'all, I have to tell you, it was a difficult time. You want them to come, but you didn't think they would. So you got just enough cows to feed uh, 2,000 people, cows and pigs. You got just enough beans and rice and corn. But the problem is, you got way too many people. The worst thing you can do where I live is not feed somebody. That is, I mean, their their mentality is pull out. So the elders come around there to me. I was excited about it. I was going around hugging and kissing everybody and, man, welcoming everybody when they came and, oh, and helping get them a place to sleep and a place to 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 live, uh, to, to, to put their junk, their, uh, excuse me, their belongings. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, put it all up in there and, because it's all junk anyway. And so, so, but the elders come out, brother, they we got a problem. Man, problem. Look what God's done. Look at all these people, man. Yeah, we know. Come. So I went around the back. Man, they got, you got an army back here cooking. I mean, you got several hundred people cooking. And I was like, what's the matter? I, man, got firewood stacked. Man, we had stacks of firewood. I mean, we was prepared. Fires are going. The pots are full. Food's cooking. Rice is... Go- I mean, they, they've got these big pots called pilas. Big, big, giant pots. Hundreds of gallons of pots. Just full of food. And they say to me, this ain't enough. I looked at them pots. I said, man, you're out of your mind. No. No, we got one feeding for this many people. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I knew that. What are we going to do, Brother David? I went around the corner and I looked at all them people. I said, how far off are we? Just 3,000 people every meal. <laughs> oh. That's a problem. So what are we going to do? I got all the elders. I said, all oh, y'all gather around them pots. So we laid hands in our pots. Now listen, pot. This is what you're going to do. You're going to feed that 5,000 folks around there. Because I said so in Jesus' name. Well, the problem is, y'all don't talk to y'all's pots. You got to learn how to talk to the pots. Just make sure it ain't when somebody's around. <laughs> see, the Indians don't mind me talking to their pots. But see, you catch me talking to a pot, then you're going to call somebody in on that. This guy here talks to pots. You need to straighten him out. <laughs> the problem is, you go hungry because you don't talk to your pots. Jesus blessed that food and he break it. He talked to those fish. He said, now this is what we're going to do, fish. Understand that there's enough food here for two or three people. What you're going to do is obey me. And we're going to feed everybody out here on that grass because they're hungry. Now get busy. And every time they broke off peace, it stayed there. And Jesus, it says it right there. It says, and he looked up to heaven, praising God, gave thanks, broke the loaves, it kept on giving them. <laughs> See, I would have probably been like you if you wouldn't have taught me to read. 
But I learned to read in several languages now. Because see now, because of the travel and everything, I've had to learn. I'm learning uh, Portuguese and uh, German and French. That's what I'm learning right now. And my Spanish and English. Well, English is okay. Spanish is better. My Indian languages. You know, I learned to read in all these languages. And so, they all say the same thing. Did you know, around the world, wherever I go, the Bible says the same thing. The people are what's wrong, not the Word of God. I recognize that. So I stand here telling you, you're wrong. We change to the Bible. We change to God's thinking. We go God's way. We don't go your way. It ain't working. Jesus. Jesus. All right, here y'all ready to go? Here we go. I said, feed them. They went around there. Y'all are going to be amazed by this. I'm still amazed by it. You can tell. You can just tell. I, I, I can't get over it. I'm impressed with what God can do if you'll let Him. Do you know that? This great Holy Ghost of ours is powerful. He wants to work with us. He wants to help us. But we have to let Him. Did you know that? You have to talk to them pots. You have to tell that food, you've got to keep on going. You've got to give up energy. We've got to feed all these folks. Listen. They started feeding. Hundreds at the time. We was feeding hundreds at the time. I mean, we had tables lined up where you stand up. Ain't no this sit down business cafeteria style. Put sticks in the ground. Put a couple of planks tied with a vine. you got a table as long as you want it. Just put bowls down there and some coffee. Now, you go there and eat and hush. Hundreds of them. Put stacks of tortillas down through there. And just go for it. Do you know we fed all 5,000 of them people? And then the brothers come around there. Brother David, come here. Look, i got to preach. No, you don't. So I got me somebody else. You get up here and preach. I'll be back in a minute. I go around and back. What's the matter now? Brother David, we fed everybody. Well, I, that's what we were supposed to do. But look. Looked. Ooh. Every pot full. Bean pot is still full. There was never a dipper taken out of it. The moly pots, still full. The rice pots, still full. The tortillas, still full. Not even one of them missing. My God, how'd y'all do that so quick? We didn't, Brother David. I looked over there. The pigs are still standing tied. The cows are still over there grazing, chewing their cud. And I'm going, how'd y'all work this out? We didn't work it out. You did. I said, I didn't work it out. I said, oh my God. Heaven has interrupted our conference.
Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Can you believe God would come, invited Him, and He came? Can you believe He's taken over like He owns the place? It was like He owns the church or something. I mean, it's like, what's He doing? He's doing what He said He would in His book. Wow. I couldn't wait for breakfast. Man, we had church. Do you know that during those three, that three-day conference, we had 40 blinded eyes open. Just... Deaf ears popping. Dozens of them. Lame people just getting up. Hundreds of people getting born again. And I'm just tripping out. It's working. Hello. It really works. This thing about the gospel really works. It's real. It's really real. Jesus. Breakfast came. Feed them. Come on. Feed them. Let's go. Now we started working. We fed everybody. Brother David. Soup boy went back there. Wow! It's still full. Now you got to understand what's going on. There's the, these, these multiplying food is one thing. But we're multiplying miracles too. Because none of the food spoiled. Did you hear that? Jungle heat... Not one tortilla was lost. Not one bowl of nothing. And that's not possible. Sit in that heat all day at glaring sun and it's food not spoiled. Something's wrong with that. The laws of nature that you believe are more powerful than God simply are not. God is more powerful than it. He made it. He knows how to sustain it. You've got to get this. You've got to. You want to excel in power, you've got to let him have his job and do his job. You've got to talk to your pots. That's all i got to say about it. You just have to talk to them. Tell them. Pot. Obey the Bible. Multiply that food and hush. We ate an evening meal. Are y'all counting up yet? 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. <laughs> Woo! That went on. We ended up feeding 35 or so thousand people off of one 2,000 person meal. Isn't that something? And we still got all of our extra food that was there. That was for the next meal for the 2,000. It's still there. All piled up. Ready. To be given out to people that are hungry in, in, the, in the outline area. Because I'm not going to take it back. We're going to give it away to people that's hungry, buddy. We got there. We fed the last meal. I went around there thinking, it'll go this time. I'm watching them dip. 
And every, I mean, they dipping out bowls by the thousands. And I'm watching it. And the level is staying full. I'm, I'm trying to figure out now, what in the world, what is God doing? I said, give me some five-gallon buckets. I know how to handle this. <laughs> they brought me a stacks of these five-gallon buckets. Because it's time to go home after we fed everybody. So I just stick them five-gallon buckets down in that food and put top on it, put beans and rice, and, and I send it with my leaders, you know. Feed everybody when you get home. Every five-gallon bucket would be filled right back up. Five-gallon buckets of food. Is that not amazing to y'all? I'm sitting there wearing myself out getting them five-gallon buckets of food. Thinking I can outdo him. You cannot. You can not. So I said, I gave away all that food, all that cooked food went home with brother. They were, so, you ought to heard them singing in them trucks. You ought, to, you ought to heard what was going on. I mean, just everybody, thousands of people rejoicing and, oh, the glory of God is being revealed right in, We're just watching it. Jesus. You know, that's why I do find y'all boring sometimes. Because everybody's so pretty. But that's it. You're just pretty. You got to be bored with that. Man, there's more to God than pretty. There's more to God than sitting on the bench, putting your hands together. Feel me, Lord. Praise the Lord. I mean, there's more to it than that. Come on now. God's a healthy God. God's a powerful God. God's a God of miracles. God's a God of awesome power. Of wonder and glory. He does wonderful things. We got everybody gone. I'm standing there. Everything's gone. They cleaned everything up except them pots. They're full of food. <laughs> Ain't no days we dumping that on the ground. I said, all right, here's what we'll do. Y'all call a meeting of, the, of all the neighborhoods around here. The whole town. Invite the whole town. And because they were so generous to us and let us hold our conference here, there was no trouble... They 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 collared all the drunks. We had I mean, I'm telling you, we had no problems. You call them all in here, and all of the head elders of the village give them five gallon buckets of food and feed the whole town. They said, "All right." And when they got through, the food was gone. Isn't that something? <laughs> Man, but it just wouldn't go away. You look, you think. You think, wow, that's a great, wow, thank you, God. That's a problem, buddy. I mean, it just won't go away. I'm telling you, your God is a God of abundance. You quit believing a lying demon that's ripping you off. 
You talk to them pots. It's not necessarily just your pots. Talk to your billfold. Talk to your wife. Talk to your kids. Talk to them in faith. Release the energy of God on your life. Talk to yourself. Get in the mirror. Now you straighten up, you hound dog. And you do right. You follow Jesus. You submit to the Word of God. Jesus. Don't y'all think that's exciting? Do you know I could take this book of Mark right here and start in chapter 1 and go with you and keep you here for weeks? And everything in this thing, we've done it. We can go right on through. I admit to you there's only one thing I haven't done. I haven't walked on water yet. But it's not because of trying. I've stepped off into lots of rivers and got swept away. But I somehow always make it across. Oh, yeah. One night especially, I was... Oh, it was a mess. I swam this river going to church. And it was going down. It, was, it wasn't very deep. It was a mountain thing. It was one of them uh, flash floods, y'all call them. And, and when I got about halfway to church, the monsoons kicked back in. It rained. Now, this is going to be funny to you, but don't take it wrong, all right? Maybe I'll not even tell y'all, y'all so educated and everything. But as soon as I got to church, sisters just took my clothes off me. I preached in my underwear. <laughs> While they were drying my clothes. And I put them warm clothes on. That felt so good. Just so I could step back out into the monsoon rain. So y'all ain't used to that. <laughs> but you got your mentality. You're perverted. Indians don't think like you. They just don't. And so anyway, don't worry. I'm not going to underwear here. I, you know, but it's, it, I thought it was interesting. They dry in my clothes because they're taking care of me. It, that's all. I mean, so I just get my Bible out. Preach to them a little while. I'm standing in my rubber boots and my underwear. And, just, pre- just preach to them. Put my britches on, my shirt. And... I didn't even get my raincoat out. It, it ain't no use. I just took off back down through there. And when I got back over there to that river, she was a man. I mean, it was a full-grown man. It done, we done... She done left being a woman and gone to being a mean old man. Mean. That thing was... To, to stand beside it, the rooster tails from the, from just, I don't know, the water was just, it looked like it was alive. Now the Indians all believe, now I do too, they've convinced me that these raging rivers are demonic. And they all, they call it el demonio que vive en el rio. It's the demon that lives in the river. And so we all have shortened it all down now to just river demon. You know, you got God's river. Well, you're going to have a devil, a devil river. I'm telling you, you are. 
So I looked there. I shine over there with my flashlight. I got me a real good flashlight, right? I could barely see the door handle glint in the silver of my truck. The river was all the way. I had parked my truck probably, I don't know, 40 feet up. And the river was at the tires of my truck. So I'm sitting there going, oh, Jesus, what am I going to do now? So I thought, hey, I'll just walk on the water. I'll just, all right, this is concrete. Okay. I went upstream about 250 yards, fought my way through the jungle. I'm sitting on the edge of that thing and I'm listening to it just roar. I couldn't make myself jump in the creek. I just, it was scary. I got out there finally, I, it ripped my socks off. It took my watch away, unbuttoned my shirt. It was stripping me naked. I mean, it was. Finally, I felt some grass. Black. You don't know dark. You don't know lonely. Boy. Oh, man. And I grabbed that grass. I pulled my... I didn't know where I was at. You have no... I I got thrown out of the river by those rooster tails. I, I didn't know where I was at. Lost my flashlight. I was a mess. I had tied my backpack on... Across twice with some rope. I still had my backpack, but it was open. And my Bible was messed up. Now I'm hostile. And when I looked up, I was on the door handle of my truck. I didn't walk, but I made it. Look, you can get mad because... You can't walk on the water sometimes. Go ahead. It's totally all right with me. I'm going to swim the thing if I have to. And God will put me where I need to be. When I got on that radio, my wife, (laughs) I went in barefooted because it took everything from me. My wife could hear my heart beating on that radio because of the fear. Oh, but Brother Hogan, perfect love casts out all fear. You get in the river with me. We'll see. <laughs> Guys, you ought to be careful about pointing fingers at me. Because there's three of them pointing back at you. And I'd figure you better watch out for that. Jesus. Jesus. But I made it. See, my, my thing is not getting mad at God... Because I tried something and it didn't work for me. My thing is, he got me across the river. Uh, things were exciting and, and scary and so forth. But I made it. Do you understand? So that's what I value is in results. You won't start because I'm not going to make it anyway. Praise the Lord. Maybe it's not the will of God for me. Maybe I'm testing God. Hallelujah. No, you're a chicken. 
You're a chicken. You, you, you absolutely live in doubt. And you cover it up with pretenses of Scripture and, and what you call spirituality. Hey, I'm sitting with some Americans and we had a flash flood. They already know the stories about me and my submarine trucks and everything else. And I'm sitting at this river and it's late. It's one o'clock at night. And I really do, I really am thinking about them. I'd already gone. And I said to them, all right, is it God or not to go in that river? I mean, these guys, are, they're really, they're men of God. They really are. No, I'm, not, I'm not at all attacking them. I'm telling you, they're men of God. But, but, but. They looked at me, and instead of quoting me Bible verses, they quoted me circumstances in difficulty. So I went right back to the village and dropped them off. No, sir. I am not going to look at the circumstances and the difficulty. I already know that. I want to know the Bible verse that okays me to attack the devil. I don't want to hear your doubt. I'm getting bombarded with enough of that. I want to hear faith in the name of Jesus and the power of the blood and the glory of His cross. That's what I want to hear. So I took them doubters back, dropped them off in a warm place, got the Indians to make them some beds, put them to sleep. I'll come get them when it's time. And I set a rock out in that river, and I waited and waited to see what it was going to do. And when I saw it starting to go down, I sent for them. I drove my truck off in there. Water was coming up. It was halfway up on the window. But I made it across. And I pulled one of the mother winches with me. Hooked onto the back of my truck. Cross. And when I got across, I tied my winch to a big old saber tree. Has withstood the test of time, this saber tree. I figured I can't pull it down. Put them people in that back of that, in that truck. Had another one of our trucks hooked onto it and winched them across. And would not let them turn that radio on and talk to me. See, you got to understand that your knowledge is a barrier that's got to be breached. I say things that are funny. And I talk to you and I try to get you to, to open up to, spiritually to me. And the way to do that is to be more relaxed and more, more jovial. But I'm going to tell you something. The seriousness and the gravity of the situation is gripping you. And it's going to bring you to a choice. Did you know that? I was taught, every time I preached, make sure people make a decision. And that's what I do for a living. I, you're not going to stand there where you are. You're going to decide to go away from God or, or closer to God. You're not going to stand where you are. That's the wrong spot for you. Because if you're standing still, you're backsliding. We've got to be making progress. Did you know that? We've got to be making progress toward the Holy Ghost. Now look, right here. This is what we're fixing to do right now. We're going to take some time and pray. I want you to look at verse 41. And taking the five loaves and two fishes, two fish, he looked up into heaven and praising God, he gave thanks and broke the loaves and kept on giving to them the disciples to set before the people.
He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate. Did y'all hear that? Hello. Y'all reading that in y'all's Bible? They all ate and were satisfied. They all ate and were satisfied. There's enough for you. You say, well, you know, I'm the least recognized. I, I got the least amount of time. Who, who, who asked you how much time you got in God? Did I ask you about that? Neither does God ask you about that. Don't worry about your time. Worry about your praise. Worry about your worship. Worry about Jesus. Put your worry where it's supposed to be. In the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put it on the throne. Put it in faith in God. That's where you put your faith. You understand? Alright. Now look at verse 43. And they took up 12... Small hand baskets full of broken pieces from the loaves and of the fish. And, and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. That's pretty astounding. That's pretty astounding to me. If God can do it then, He can do it now. Talk to your pots. My son, I talked to him just a while ago on the telephone. Big old boy, pretty guy. He's bigger than me, he's big. He, uh, I raised him. I chiseled him out of a rock. He's a big old muscular, handsome fella. But also, taught him how to have faith in Jesus. He was out at church a while back. And... He didn't know that there was no food in the village. And when he got there, he had, instead of bringing himself and three or four other elders with him, he had 120 people with him. Several truckloads. Well, they all got to eat. So what's he going to do? So the brother Erdemilo, the guy whose wife had been broken all to pieces, got healed. He goes out to my son. He says, uh, Brother Jody, uh, could you come back in the back of the kitchen with me a minute? He went in the back. They had these bocoles. Bocoles are good. Maybe you get to eat some one day. It's, uh, what do you call it? Corn stuff? Cornmeal? It's like, like dough. It's like a, it's like a real wet cornbread. Masa, yeah, it's masa, but it's, uh, but you take the masa and you put beans in it and stuff. You wrap it up in a, in a, in a. You gonna try to teach me Mexican culture and I'm from there? Would you please give me a little credit? No, it's a bocoli, it's not a tamale. My God, what you. Lord Jesus. Second service is going to be a good one. I'd stay if I was you. <laughs> I have to tell you, this fits good right here. How you doing? Me too. 
I just got incited to good works. Did you know that uh, most people think I'm out of my mind? But I have to tell you, I'm not out of my mind, I'm out of your mind. I'm just slap out of your mind. I'm very much into my mind. I'm into the Holy Ghost. A bocole is a solid chunk of masa with beans or some other vegetable inside. And then it is wrapped in a banana leaf and stuck in a pot. Your untrained mind, when you walk up, you'd say, tamale. But the trained missionary mind, no, just a bocole. <laughs> I had to do that. That's fun. Man, you're loco. Yep. You're right. I'm muy loco. That's why my enemies fear me. Because I'll stand my ground for truth. And that's got a period on the end of it. There's no yell butts or commas or nothing else. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. So anyway, this son of mine goes back there and he, he was raised on bocoles and tamales. <laughs> and he says to the brother, you know, there's a platter of bocoles sitting there. And he says, what's the problem? He said, that's all we got. And my son says, well, let's pray for him. They laid hands on them bocoles and on that coffee pot because all, all they had was two liters of coffee and the bocoles. You know, a half-gallon pitcher of coffee. So he took them bocoles in yonder and set it down on the table. And that coffee pot. Jesus. All them folks ate off that bocoles plate. Bocoles plate. As they would eat one, it'd go back. All of them ate as much as they wanted. Well, let's read it out of the Bible. They all ate and were satisfied. Look at there. So you see, it's not just David. It doesn't have to do with David. It has to do with Jesus. It's a scriptural matter for you to talk to your pot. Jesus is waiting on you to talk to that pot. I need more of God. Talk to the pot. He'll give it to you. Not the pot. God. Jesus is waiting on you. You say you're waiting on Jesus. I disagree.